Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. I am Poppy. And I am Holman. On this podcast, we'll be discussing sports and whatever else just comes to mind. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here, and we hope you're ready to have a good time with us. Let's get it. today poppy what's up dude how you doing i'm doing good man i'm doing good it was uh, a little slow today at work so the time just dragged on but we we powered through we got some food we got some caffeine yeah i'm ready to get it sitting right sitting tight i don't know what that means but i said it yeah i, I can stick with it though you know i'll be honest with you this week for me went by really really slow as well oh so bad man um just dragged. Of course, we're heading into Labor Day weekend. Long weekend for me. Yeah, long day, long weekend for me as well. Love that. Yeah, so I'm very excited. Um, big plans tonight. Big plans tomorrow. Big plans Sunday. Nice. Um, so it's uh, it's gonna be a very very good week. I got a wedding to go to Sunday. Ugh. I'm gonna be all. I don't know. Weddings are fun. I'm gonna be all handsomed up. There you go. Uh, let's see. Tonight, I'm going to the casino with my girlfriend and my sister. Um, I'm going to bet on college football and some other sports. I'm going to play roulette, too. There you go. I feel like a bad bitch. I'm going to treat myself. Might as well. Why not? Um, tomorrow, uh, so, for the, so for those of you who do not know, we're recording this on Friday, September the 2nd. Um, I'm currently five, I'm currently four days away from turning 25. It's lit. Yeah, so uh, so my girlfriend's gonna take me out tomorrow. Nice, for, love that. Yeah, for a nice day. I'm very excited. You ever heard of this restaurant called the Iron Rooster in Annapolis? I actually have heard of the name before. Apparently, they make like homemade pop tarts there and shit. Apparently, it's really, really good. That's sick. I would love that for you. Yeah, so she's gonna take me there for breakfast. Ooh, I live in Westminster, so it's a hike. But regardless, yeah, it's a bit of a bob, but it might be worth it. Yeah, you know? regardless, it's okay. Um, I've never been to the Renaissance Festival before, so she's taking me to that. Medieval times. No. Oh, the, oh, I was thinking. I was thinking the wrong thing. Medieval times is lit, though. I don't know if you've ever been. <laughs> no, medieval time. No, the actual Renaissance Festival. No, you gotta go to medieval time, medieval times. <laughs> All right, I'll put that. I'll put that on the list. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's fun. They serve you. They serve you mutton. Well, that's what they do at. Whatever, irrelevant. Um, medieval times is better. <laughs> I'll take it for it. Uh, and then she's taking me to this Japanese steakhouse called Kobe by her house. Oh. So yeah, that's gonna be exciting. So, um, yeah, between college football tomorrow, um, big news happening in baseball too. We got uh, we got a lot to talk about, man. We got a lot to talk about, but of course, we're gonna start with college football because that's probably the biggest news of all. Earlier today, what is it the the conference chairmen's or whatever, whoever is in charge, college football playoff managers? Whatever yeah, they are. yeah. So, so, so the college football playoff, ex- um. A committee board. They agreed to go to a twelve-team field as soon as possible, which was twenty twenty-six. Is what they agreed upon. Time it, is that, that. That's when the current contract expires. Um, for the current format, uh, that's also when the TV deal with the ESPN expires. So, um, that's when the that's that's when like like if it, if it hits the fan. And nothing else is able to get done. That is the earliest that we will see twelve teams competing for the national title in college football. It could be as early as twenty twenty four, which is right around the corner. Yeah, w- yeah, which is right around the corner. I mean, we're in the twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three season now. 
Yep. So it would be two years out from seeing a 12-team playoff implementation, which would be really, really cool. Yeah, um, yeah I, I would, I, I'd love to see it. I think ever since Notre Dame got in two years ago, I think this has always been talked about. Yeah. Because Notre Dame got in over my Sooners. Yep. Which was just wild to me. And, I mean, so so the, col- the college football playoff, it, it – the way they determine who goes to who goes to the playoff, it's a very flawed system. Eh, flawed's the wrong word. But the way that they determine who is eligible for the um for the for the for the big tournament, um there's a lot of controversy around it. Actually I think the I was actually wrong. I think it was Ohio State didn't get in that year. Notre Dame got in over Ohio State. I think you're right. Because we we played LSU when Joe Burrow was there and Jamar and, Chase and, yeah, and, and every Justin Jefferson and fucking annihilated got waxed like everybody else did by LSU that year. Yeah, um, I was I was wrong, but I corrected myself. It was Ohio State that got scammed. Your team got scammed. Yeah. Um. But I mean, so 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 the committee board comprises of eleven people. Uh, it's university presidents and chancellors representing uh, each of the ten major conferences. Okay, sure. Uh, I'm chill, locked in. Chill, chill. I'm, lo- I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm and with then, you. Um, and then the president of Notre Dame represents them because they're, the, they're of course, Notre Dame is independent. And, and out of all the independent schools, they're the fucking power, powerhouse. Aren't they only independent in football? <laughs> yeah. Every other, every other sports team on, the, on campus plays in the ACC. ACC. Yeah. And, I mean, they do play a lot of ACC schools, but they do, they do remain independent because they have, of course, they have the, the huge rivalry with USC. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have they have rivalries across the board, um, so they they do remain independent just so they can play all those teams that, that they that they do enjoy playing. I didn't know Penn State and uh, Notre Dame was as big of a rivalry as it is, mm-hmm. but apparently, it's actually a really really big rivalry. Yeah, because I mean, if you think during um, when Lou Holtz was there, and of course when when uh, Paterno was coaching, I mean, they were they were two of the hottest. Like they were, they were, they were both hot shit at the time. So I know a few Penn State fans that hate Notre Dame more than they hate Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Which is saying something because Penn State, Penn State hates Ohio State. Yeah. Um, so heading to twelve teams, this this is very very exciting. Um, I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, a lot a lot of people are saying that. Um, so so right now the current deal for the college football football playoff with ESPN is worth six hundred million dollars. Six hundred million dollars. They're saying that adding an additional eight teams could bump it to about one point two billion. I believe all of that. So, so I mean, what what puts the uh, college football playoff committee at a really really tough impasse is, okay, well we want to we want to do this as soon as possible. Sure, more games means more money. Yeah, absolutely. But the deal itself is only for six hundred million dollars. So there's thoughts that it's gonna that you're gonna you're gonna be leaving six hundred million on the table, with all these games being played. Um. But I will say, after the Big Ten signed their massive deal, their massive TV rights deal to whoever the hell they gave it to, CBS, Fox, it was a bunch of them. Uh, it, was like, it, was like, it was like a joint contract, like $2.1 billion. Yeah, I think, I think they gave rights to a lot of different uh, platforms. As a joint contract. Yeah. Um, just, just so they can, I mean, the Big Ten's the whole thing is they want to be, they want to be the first games that are played, they want to be the first games aired, and they also want to be a part of the last games aired. Now that they're adding two teams from California to the conference, yeah, adding USC and UCLA, it, it, it helps the cause. It helps the cause a lot. Um, 
But um, but yeah, so so now the college football playoff committee is at a tough impasse because, of course, you want to do all this, but then you're leaving six hundred million dollars on the table. That now you have to take out of your own pocket, and everybody knows how greedy the NCAA is as a whole. Yeah, they don't want to spend any money. Right, they don't want to spend any money. But now you have eight additional teams you have to find hotels for, training facilities for. That's four more stadiums you have to you have to pay to use. Yeah, for, for these games, it's going to cost them a lot of money. Um. Granted, it's a very, very short, um, very short thing that we have to deal with. Yeah, I'm it, surprised it, they went right to twelve, though. I'll be honest. I'm surprised they didn't stop at like eight. Um, like double it up, see where it takes them, see how it does, and then move on from there if it goes well. Well, you know, with with the um, with everything they approved, and I'm I'm about to I'm about to run it through. It makes sense the way they did it. it the way they did it, the way they did, that made no sense. But the way they did it makes sense. Okay. Going to eight teams makes the most sense just because it's like, okay, well, now it's kind of like the college basketball tournament. Sure. You have the best eight teams. Four of them win. They play each other. The best two win. And then they play for the, big, the whole big thing. Twelve teams kind of makes it a little bit tougher. But if you... I, I, I know you remember, but if everybody else remembers, the way the NFL did their whole playoff tournament, mm-hmm. they picked six teams or six teams from each conference represented that were representing in the, in the playoffs. Yep. The best two from each conference received a first-round bye. Yep. Meaning four teams get buys. And then the other eight teams play on Wild Card Sunday. Okay. Wild Card Weekend. So now that's kind of going to be the same way that it is. So what's going to happen is your four highest – so first of all, this is how they're going to determine the 12-team field. Okay. Your six highest-ranked conference champions, no minimum ranking requirement, and then plus the next six highest-ranked teams are going to be the ones competing in the big dance. Perfect. Can you paint me a picture of that? I can. Um. In just a moment. The way that the teams are going to be placed, your four highest ranked conference champions are going to be ranked one through four with a first round bye. Okay. Take last take last year for example. Okay. Alabama was the best team. They won the SEC. They went into the college football tournament with the number one seed in the country. They would have been the number one team. Yep. Michigan beat Michigan State. Michigan beat Iowa. Iowa. Thank you. For the Big Ten, Michigan was number two. Cincinnati beat Houston. They were number three. And then Baylor beat Oklahoma State, which made them number four. So those were your top four teams. With a first-round bye. With a, with, a, with a first-round bye. I know a lot of people are thinking, well, didn't Georgia play, in the, didn't Georgia play for, the, for the national title? And didn't they make the playoffs? They did. They lost their championship, so they're not getting a first-round bye. But they do, however, pick up that fifth seed because they were the highest-ranked non-conference champion. Yes. Correct. Yes. So, so in that sense, Georgia would then take on the number five, five role, followed by Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, and then rounding out your top 12 – 
would be your final two conference champions, which were Utah and Pittsburgh. Yep. So, the way everything falls, you have two conference champions who, for lack of a better term, are getting fucked. They're, uh, like, one for sure. One team for sure is getting fucked. Because that Georgia, de- that Georgia defense, a lot of those guys went in the first round. Wait, does, does Georgia take on the fifth role? I thought, so if the other two teams win their, de- their conference, I thought they bumped into five and six. No, no. The way, the way that it goes, the four highest remaining seeds will host the lower seeds at sites to be determined. That's the way the bracket placement works. So the only ones that are guaranteed are your four highest conference champions. And then from there, it's based upon ranking. Correct. But those other two make it regardless because they want because their- they they're being rewarded because they're the higher ranked conference champions than some of the other teams that are further down on the list. Yes. See, that doesn't make too much sense to me because I feel like those other two teams that won their conference, Pitt and Utah, Utah. Um. Wait, didn't didn't Cincinnati play Utah? They played Houston. That's right. Played Houston. Okay, so Utah and um, Pitt, they should be five and six because they won their conference championship, and then Georgia should be seven. But that's not how it's going to work. I know it's not how it works. I know it's not how it's going to work. I'm saying that's how it should work. Yeah. A little bass backwards there, but okay. All right, continue. Continue. My fault. Didn't mean to, didn't mean to confuse the people. No, 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 no you're fine. Um, hold on here. All I want to do is just see. So then this is going to be a lot like the NFL's playoff where it's um, the number one seed plays the lowest ranked team from the previous round. Not like the NBA where it's like regardless, like it's like one and eight here and then they'll play five beneath. Yeah. And they'll play the winner of that regardless of who the fuck wins. Correct. So so the so the better your team is, the more you are rewarded. Yes, those teams won their respective conference championships, but the better teams are still going to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Of course, Georgia won the national championship last year. There's, right. there's, there's no doubt that Georgia was the best team in the country. Even when Georgia lost their the SEC title game, everybody still said they are still better than Alabama. Yeah, like that. That was ne- that was never a question. I was big on Georgia coming into that season. Yeah, I didn't think they would be as dominant as they were. If they, if they had a better if they had a better quarterback, yeah, if they had more more consistent quarterback play because they had all the weapons on offense. Yeah. Um. I think they could have rivaled LSU. Like, the LSU team. Ooh. That would have been a good matchup. Would have loved to see it. Yeah, it really would have because that would have been the most dominant offense we've seen in college football history versus arguably the most dominant defensive team we've seen in college football history. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There have probably been... Easy. There have probably been times where... Defenses in the past have allowed less points than Georgia did, but then again, not in the type of offenses that are being ran today. Yeah, like we're not talking about in the 80s where it was all they did was run the ball 60 times a game. Different times. Right, and if you couldn't run it, then you're fucked. Right. Now you have have quarterbacks who are running for 1,000 yards a season. Okay. So, um, 
So take me through those matchups from from five through twelve. There, got it. Um, so your number five, so number five versus number twelve would be Georgia versus the ACC winning Pittsburgh Panthers. Oh God, poor Pitt. Kenny Pickett's not going as early as he does in the draft if that game happens. Yeah, he would get he would get at, he would get absolutely destroyed. Um, the next game after that would be Notre Dame taking on the Pac-12 winning Utah. I think that would actually be a really good game. Yeah, I mean Utah. Utah played really, really good defense last year, and they ran the ball really well. Uh, Notre Dame, they did similar things. They had a little bit better of a passing game than a running game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would have been definitely a very entertaining game to watch. Um, for sake of, for the sake of matchup reasons, you and I already went over this before mm-hmm. we started. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and skip a matchup for now. Uh, your eight versus your nine would be Ole Miss and Oklahoma State. Those are two high-powered offenses. Granted, Ole Miss would have been without Matt Corral. Yeah, that's true. So that would have looked a hell of a lot different. If they had Matt Corral in that Lane Kiffin offense, dude, I'm not going to lie to you, Ole Miss is trampling over Oklahoma State. I would agree. I would agree. And then the game that I skipped over, because this would have been the marquee marquee matchup, Ohio State versus Michigan State. Dude, that would have been one hell of a game. Oh, that would have been such a good game. One hell of a game. With that said, I think Ohio State was the one team that you didn't want to face in the playoff. Well, maybe the second. Okay. Georgia. Yeah, behind Georgia. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, just I I think you and I are going to be on pretty common ground with a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, given how everything panned out last year and, ha- and that we know what we know now, uh, Georgia definitely would have won. That would have been a question. No. As close as it would have been, Notre Dame would have pulled it out. I think so. In my opinion. Um, I think Ohio State definitely would have beaten Michigan State. I believe so. Yeah. And then without Mal Corral, Oklahoma trounces. Yeah. Ole Miss. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But like I said, with, with Matt Corral... I think I think it's the other way around. So then, if you so then if you move on, so Oklahoma State is your best is your worst remaining seed. They would play Alabama. They're getting their shit cracked. Here's a matchup for you. Ohio State would play Michigan. I think Ohio State bests them this time. I think they would as well. Michigan got them at the end of the season to play for the um for the conference championship. Yeah. And I, th- I think Ohio State uh, bests them this time. And now, here's, here's another fucking matchup. A rematch from week one. Cincinnati would have played Notre Dame. That's a hell of a matchup, too. I think Cincinnati beats them again. I think they would also. I think Cincinnati would have beat them again. Look, look, their defense was so good. Yeah, they were playing lights out. Yeah, that defense was just so damn good. And Desmond Ritter was starting to walk around with a little swagger. I know. He was starting to walk around with a little swagger. I know. And then, that would give you... Ah, and this would be a lot better of a game than what I think people would have thought. Baylor and Georgia. Yeah, dude, Baylor was a pretty good team. Baylor had a good offense. They did have a good offense. I think Georgia still would have pulled it out. I think so. Yeah, I think they were just too loaded on the defense yeah. that Baylor, they would have been, they'd have been stuck in, in quicksand for a little bit there. So then, okay, so we have Ohio State beating Michigan. Yep. Ohio State's the lowest remaining seed. They would play Bama. I think Bama probably beats them. And by probably, I mean they do. And then 
Georgia, and Cincinnati would play. Wow. Dude, but how cool would that have been? C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young? That would have been nuts. That would have been cool. So then I think you and I are both still in agreement. I think the I think the national championship wouldn't have changed. No, it still would have been Bama and Georgia. Still would have been Bama and Georgia. I think Georgia still would have ultimately won. Can I paint a picture? Imagine if uh, Jalen, or not Jalen Waddle, Christmas cards, Jameson Williams and, um, why, why am I blanking on his name? Mechie? John Mechie never got hurt. And it was Bryce Young, John Mechie, and Jameson Williams versus CJ Stroud, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. And Jackson Smith and Jigma. And Jackson Smith and Jigma. I, I know I messed that up a little bit, but it's a tough name to say. Um, it's a ba. You said ma. It's close. Yeah. Yeah. You, Jigma. You, yeah. You didn't Jigma. like. You, you didn't like completely butcher it. Yeah. Um, that'd have been cool. That'd have been a really cool matchup to watch. So, so here, here here's something else that I did. Um, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna tell you these, but I also because this is when Ohio State got snubbed for Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, in 2020, Ohio State got snubbed. Um, so I went ahead and I looked into it just to see how that would be and how it would play out. Okay. Um, your number one seed in 2020 still would have been Alabama. Okay. Yep. They, they won their conference title, so they still would have been the number one seed. Yeah. Your number two would have remained the same. They won their conference title. It would have been Clemson. Trevor Lawrence's last year there. Yep. Clemson still would have been your number two seed. Your number three would have been Ohio State. Okay. Actually, I think it's 2019 you're talking about where Ohio State got snubbed. Is it? I believe it is. Because your top four right now remains the same for how it was because Oklahoma would have been fourth. I don't know. Because Ohio State and Clemson, they had that really, really good semifinal matchup to play Bama. Right. To play Bama. Yeah. There was like a real ticky tack call. Oh, I remember that. I can't. Yeah. Rem- I can't remember what the call was, but I know it was real ticky tacky against Ohio State, not in favor of them. Um, let's see. Yeah, you're right. So Oklahoma did get snubbed that season. I was correct the first time. I corrected myself. I was actually wrong. Notre, Notre Dame made it. Over, over Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay. And they got schlacked by Bama 31-14 yes. to 14 okay. in the Rose Bowl. And in the Sugar Bowl, Ohio State lost. Beat Clemson. Hmm. Unless this is lying to me. In tw- in this 2020-2021 season. You know, I think you're right because I, th- I think Justin Fields got hurt in the national championship game. I'm looking at it. Ohio State won 49-28. to Huh. We got our timeline all fucked up. Regardless. Okay, regardless. Th- these, these are your rankings. <laughs> these are your rankings. Yeah. Bama's number one. Clemson, Clemson's two. Ohio State is three. Notre uh, Oklahoma's four. Your number five seed would then be Notre Dame. Number six. Jesus was- Christ. Hmm. That game against Clemson? <laughs> oh, this was the COVID season yes. where they bent the rules and Ohio State made it because they bent the rules. You were supposed to have a certain amount of games played and they were like, eh. uh, They only played five games. Yeah, right. Justin Fields still went 22 of 28 in that game for 385 yards, six touchdowns, and a pick. <laughs> Good God. Isn't that nuts? Um, Chris Olave, six catches, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. Good night. Isn't that wild? 
Good night. All right, focus up on me. Focus. I'm, I'm with you. Focus, I'm with focus, you. Focus. We had to hash that out. I had to. Okay, gotcha. For for me to move on, I had to, I had to hash that. So out. Notre Dame would have been five. Your number six seed would have been A and M. Okay. Number seven would have been Ohio. Would have been Iowa State. Ooh. Number eight would have been Florida. Number nine Georgia. Number ten, your conference champion Cincinnati. Number 11 would be the Indiana Hoosiers. Wow. How about Indiana? Shout out Indiana. And number 12 would have been your Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Shout out CCU. So, the way the matchups would have went, Coastal would have played Notre Dame. Dude. Can we be honest? That's a closer game than what people think. I think Coastal Carolina's actually putting them in. A, like they're making them sweat a little bit. They're, I don't know if they're winning. They're giving them a good game. I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're winning. Yeah, Notre Dame's sweating a yeah, little bit. Yeah, Coastal's defense that year was really, really good. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah, they're sweating a little bit over there. Your next matchup would have been Texas A and M and Indiana. I got A and M there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would too. Um. Then this is where things get interesting. I love these middle matchups. These this is where it gets spicy as fuck. Cincinnati and Iowa State. Ooh. Now, granted, remember this is right before this is like Cincinnati's defense was Cincinnati's defense at this time. Yeah, versus Cyclones. Cincinnati takes that one. They might take that one. Yeah, because Cincinnati returned all twelve starters on defense that next year. Right, and then they were fucking. Right, the defense they had last year was they were lights out. Yeah. Until they played Bama. Right. <laughs> well, mm. still. And then, this would, have been, this, would have been a, this would have been a great matchup. Florida and Georgia. Florida-Georgia line, baby. Florida and Georgia would have played the 8-9. Yeah, that actually would have been a really good game. Yeah, I think Georgia would have taken that one, though. I agree. Yeah. Because Georgia didn't have a lot of players in that defense jump to the NFL that next year, either. Right. Um... So then, to run it down, you and I both agree Notre Dame would have won. It would have yeah. been close, but Notre Dame would have won. Yes. A&M would have beat Indiana. Yes. Uh, Cincinnati would have beat Iowa State. Yes. And Georgia would have won. Yes. Cincinnati would have played Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma waxes them. Georgia would have played Ohio State. Ooh. Um... A&M would have played Clemson. Clemson smoking them. And Notre Dame still played Alabama. Now Yeah, that would have been close. Same outcome. Yeah. Might have actually been worse because Notre yeah. Dame's going to be like more battered and bruised. Right. Might have actually been worse. Um, so, yeah, Cle- uh, Bama would have won. Clemson would have won. Ohio State would have won. And Oklahoma would have won. Okay. So your top four would have remained the same. So one v four, two v three. I think I think results still play out. So what we've come to the conclusion of is that the first week of this whole college football playoff is going to be absolutely insane. It's going to be so enticing. But as much shit as we give the college football playoff committee for fucking up, they seem to get it right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you were over here. You were you were questioning, like, hey, shouldn't the, shouldn't your six conference championship winners, shouldn't they be rewarded? Well, 
I mean, lo- looking at this, if you if you go down our list, I mean, the year before, I mean, last year, um, Utah would have lost to Notre Dame, Pittsburgh would have lost to Georgia. Yep. Could you have imagined? So okay, hypothetically speaking, let's let's say Utah was moved to five and Georgia and Pitt was moved to six. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, everything else just moves down a line. Okay. In this case. Your number 12 seed would have been Michigan State. Okay. Michigan State would have played Utah. Michigan State would have won. In this case, Oklahoma State would have played Pitt. Oklahoma State would have won. Okay. I'm, th- I'm thinking here. Um, there would have been... That would have made them ninth. No. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Just move Georgia down two. To seven. They would have played the ten. Which would have been Ole Miss. That wouldn't have been close. Minus Mount, yeah, minus Mount Corral, Georgia would have won. And then uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame would have played. That'd be a good game. That would be a good game. Ohio State still wins. So we'd say Georgia. Yeah. Michigan State. Yes. Oklahoma State. Yes. And Ohio State. Yes. Okay. Michigan State would have been the number, would have been the twelve. They would have played Bama. Then I got their shit waxed. Oklahoma State would have played Michigan. Uh, that'd have been a pretty good game. I actually kind of wouldn't want to see that. Ohio State would have played Cincinnati. Okay. They're getting their Cincinnati's getting their shit waxed. And Georgia still plays ba- Baylor. Georgia still plays Baylor. Yeah. But dude, Cincinnati, Sauce Gardner versus uh, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. Kobe Bryant on the other. Let me run it down for you again. That's pretty cool, right? Hey, run, look, look, see, see, we're getting into something. Let me run it down for you again. All right, run it back. Run it back, Turbo. I don't know if I can say that legally. Cincinnati would have played Indiana in 2020. Okay, Cincinnati. Coastal would have played Georgia. <laughs> all right, sorry, Coastal. I want to show y'all love, but I can't there. Um, Iowa State would have played Florida. Florida. And Notre Dame would have played A&M. Notre Dame. Okay. What changed from what we just said? Nothing. Oh, no shit that changed. Hold on. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Okay, so then in that case, Cincinnati would have been the five. Okay, they would have played Oklahoma. That would that would have been Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma too. Georgia would have played Bama. Oh man, Florida would have played Ohio State, and A and M. Would have played Oklahoma. Clemson? I, I skipped Clemson. I'm sorry. You did. You said Oklahoma twice. That's why I was yeah. confused. Um, like, damn, they got to play two, gotta play two games in one week. That's Georgia, unfair. Georgia would have played Bama. Okay. Yeah. Cincinnati would have played Oklahoma. Okay. A&M would have played... 
Or no, that would have been Ohio State. That would have been Spencer Rattler led. At that point, yeah. Yeah. I ha- I ha- I have it all messed up. Either way, it doesn't matter. It, it, whatever the, they get the final four right when they make the selections at the end of the year, they do. I'm happy they're going to a a more uh, uh a broader um playoff bracket here. I think it's good for the program. I think it's good for college football because now um, at this point you can look, you can step back and say, okay, well, definitively, one, two, three, four, they got those right. They got those right. Yeah, yeah. As much as we question them, looking at this now. I think they fucking nailed it. Yeah, I always questioned them before, but I think they nailed it. All right, I got to give respect where it's due. But exactly, but th- but then when you and I actually <laughs> ran it down, it's like, mm, well, well, they kind of nailed it. Nothing changes. Yeah, nothing really changes. Yeah, like the final outcome is still the same. Right. Right. Um. Ultimately, I think this makes the NFL better too. I would agree also because now players are going to be more like. Battle tested, battle tested, longer seasons, which yeah. the NFL has, especially now going from a three uh, from a four game preseason and a sixteen game regular season to a three game preseason and a seventeen game regular season. Yeah, um, and there's, uh, there's, well, there's not really one more playoff game, but there's one more playoff game available. Because played, because per- perfect example, your number five, your number five seed, Georgia Bulldogs, they would have played one extra game. So instead of being fourteen and one by season's end, they would have been fifteen and one. That's sixteen games compared to the NFL's eighteen. So now they're they're pretty much playing an NFL season. Yeah, they're getting closer to an NFL season. Plus, they're just more battle tested. Yeah. they're playing better teams. You get to see how you're like like the big thing with Sauce Gardner is like, well, how does he stand up against these NFL talents? Like right. he played for Cincinnati. He didn't play at Bama. He wasn't a Patrick Sertan. He wasn't a Marlon Humphrey. Right. You know, he, he wasn't uh, um, even J.C. Horn playing for South Carolina. Like, yes, Sauce Gardner dominated in college football. Yes, he did. He, sure, they're taken there's, away. There's no, there's no debating it. No refuting. But, but what, what people always questioned is, was the level of competition he played. Yeah, who did he guard? But now at this point, let's say, let's, say they, uh, let's say there was a team that ended up finishing ahead of Cincinnati that was a conference champion, and they had, and they had to play... In the in that first round of games, yeah. Not only do you see more out of that defense, you get to see a little bit more out of Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, here here here's here's just something else. All these quarterbacks that just went in the NFL draft. I mean, it was so widely speculated that I mean, even you and I speculated there was going to be three, maybe four quarterbacks going in the first round. Could have happened. I. Thought that the quarterback class coming in was a little was soft. Weak. Yeah, was, it was weak. a little soft. Yeah, oh, yeah, th- yeah. There was there was no debating that at all. Um, you and I were both on the same page as far as that went. Especially what's projected to be this next coming year with Bryce Young, with C.J. Stroud, right. with Spencer Rattler, who could have a turnaround season and make himself his draft stock go up a little bit. I I, I doubt it, but yeah. Look, it, I, I could give two shits about him. He's he right. plays for the Gamecocks now, and they're in their fucking cockmaster or whatever he is. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so so now now these guys who are like fringe players, they're kind of getting they're getting more of an opportunity to play in front of big big time crowds. Yep. Other big time schools. Yeah. Like um helps their draft stock go up. Exactly. What if Desmond Ritter went out there and absolutely dominated and they won a national championship because he played against three huge programs. Right. Instead, we saw him play against Notre Dame once. Right. And Bama once. Exactly. And then one and one. And those were his marquee games. And that was it. That was the sample size of, of NFL talent. 
right. that he played against. Think back to the first college football playoff. Cardell Jones. Yeah. If he had came out at that point after he led Ohio State to the national championship game, he probably would have been a first-round two, first two pick. More than likely. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Which would not, it would not have been a smart decision. That's coming from a fan of Ohio State. Yeah. Because you can't just base fucking draft stock on three games. It's not going to pay off well for you. It, no, it doesn't. Um, but, I mean, like, you, you now have these guys who are getting more opportunity. It's, it's, like, it's going to make play a lot better. And it's going to make things a hell of a lot more interesting. Yeah. hell of a lot more interesting. That's what I'm saying, man. To break down a little bit more information for it, um, so scheduling-wise, your first, the first round of games will be played on either the second or the third weekend in December. The target is to be at least 12 days after the conference championship games. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then your bowl relationships, your quarterfinal and semifinal games will be played at rotating bowl sites subject to... Subject to agreements being reached, your national type, your national championship game will be played at a neutral site. Yeah, and then and then here's something that um, do, it does hold weight. Um, but existing conference relationships with bowls will be considered for game replacements. So what that means, there are certain there are certain uh, teams or certain conferences have agreements to play each other, uh, every year in their bowl games. For example, the Pac-12 always plays the Big Ten. Always plays the Big Ten. Whether, yep. it's the champion, whether it's the champion of both of those divisions, that remains to be the question. Last year, Michigan State, or Michigan won, the, won their conference title, but no other Pac-12 team did. Yeah. That was in the college football playoff. So they did not compete for the Rose Bowl. I believe... I believe it was Michigan. I believe it was Michigan State who played, played Utah in the Rose Bowl. I can't keep I can't keep all the all the bowl games straight. Right, but but the the, the, the point of what I'm saying is those those conferences that already have established relationships to play each other years end. Yeah, those are still going to hold true. And then if say say a Big Ten team and a Pac-12 team had a potential of playing each other in the first weekend, you're going to see the Rose Bowl much earlier in the year, I think, as opposed to it being a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my opinion. Um, that's, that's based on what I'm picking up from what I just read. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I think this is great for college football. I think this is great for the NFL. I think it's great for all the players. I think it's great for all the programs. Um, I just think it's great for football fans. I think it's just great all around. I'm happy they finally came to this conclusion. I think this is something that everybody wanted to see for a long time. Um, and I'm, I'm just happy they finally listened to um, the consumers about right. the product they're putting out. Yeah. Love and, it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, those games are very, very high. Like they're always, um, uh, like they're always always very very well watched games and every and everything like that. You know, it's it's not a matter of trying to draw an audience in order to see these games played. Um, but now you're, um, oh jeez, what? I'll have to fill you in on something here in a minute. Roger Dodger. Um, but now you have um. Now you have schools that don't normally get this opportunity playing in big games like this. Mm-hmm. 
Um, overall, it's go- it's going to be it's going to be a lot better, it's gonna, it, and it's going to make college football. It's going to make the NCAA a lot more money too. Yeah, I think I think this is just great all around. Yeah, I think it's, it's just good for the program. Um, <clears throat> while we're on the subject of college football, your the big t- your big time week one starts tomorrow. That's when the majority of games are going to be played. Um, what I was going to fill you in on, we talked last week about the Gamecocks changing their mascot name. Yeah. They're sticking with Big Spur. Sir Big Spur. Sir Big Spur. They're sticking with that one. It's a smart move. Yeah. You couldn't go to Cock Commander. <laughs> no. It would have been cool if it did, but you couldn't have done it. How cool would it be if one of the options was Colonel Cock? You might be on to something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, week one of... Um, of college football is actually probably the longest week of um, the longest considered week one in all of sports. Um, it spans from August 5th to September the 5th. That's week one. So uh, some notable games that have already played. The big marquee game from last weekend um, was Nebraska and Northwestern. I know people are like, well, who the fuck cares? But they actually played in Dublin. Really? Actually played in Ireland, yeah. That's sick. I love that. Yeah, so uh so Northwestern ended up beating Nebraska in that game. Um just a just a few big time big big time names here for some schools. Um Florida State played Duquesne. They beat them forty seven to seven. And uh North Carolina played Florida A and M and beat them fifty six to twenty four. Um, let me see here. Um, da, 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 da. heading into last night, we actually had a couple. Uh, we actually had a some some top twenty five schools playing last night. Uh, Oklahoma State played Central Michigan. That was actually a lot closer of a game than what people thought. Uh, Oklahoma State pulled that one out, fifty eight to forty four. Damn. They came back then. Yeah. So last time I ch- checked, Oklahoma State was waxing that ass. Yes. Yeah. Um, Damn. Wake Forest played the Virginia Military Academy, or Virgin- VMI. Played VMI. I don't know what the hell it stands for, but something or another. Good not tell you. Um, but Wake Forest won 44 to 10. The big game from last night uh, was Pittsburgh versus West Virginia. Um and uh Pittsburgh won that game in the final minutes thanks to a pick six, thirty eight to thirty one. There was a controversial call in that in that uh game. In the pit game? Yeah. I didn't see it. Uh similar to the Des Bryant is it a catch thing. Mm. Had the ball rolled over the ground, the ball hit the ground, maybe did it wiggle a little bit. I don't know. What do they call it? Incomplete. It would have been did a they? touchdown too, it was in the end zone. Would it have been in favor of West Virginia? Yes. Okay. Yep, would have been in favor of the Mountaineers. Um, again, to run it down, a few a few other larger name schools that played yesterday. Uh, Tennessee played Ball State. They won fifty nine to ten. Um, Penn State and Purdue played a really really good game, thirty five to thirty one in favor of the Nittany Lions. It wasn't as good as the score looked. Oh really? My sister's a big uh, Penn State fan, so I ended up watching a lot of that. I'll be honest, their defense kind of looked like shit. Did it? Yeah, they're deep. They couldn't tackle for shit. Uh, number zero on Penn State was like the only one that gave a damn. He Talk was out. Shit, Tip. I yeah. am. He was like the only one that gave a damn. I'll be honest with you. Mm. Like, um, 
Well, and, and um, what's his name? Uh, flip my flop. Uh, but uh, former NFL player. His son goes there now. Had like six pass breakups. I can't think of his name. I think it was a Pittsburgh Steeler. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name. Mm. As soon as you say him, to be like, shit. Yep, that was it. The name. Yeah. Was uh, it DB? Yeah, DB. Um. It's gonna, it's gonna piss me off. Was he freshman? Joey Porter Jr. Ah, Joey Porter Jr. Yep. Um, he had like six pass breakups. Damn. Six like six or eight pass breakups, something like that. Yeah, he had he had himself a day. Um, but like, isn't number eleven for Penn State supposed to be like one of the defensive leaders? Like you know, like schools have like specific numbers that like are like tradition and they mean something. Mm. Isn't number eleven like that's what Michael Parsons wore? Mm-hmm. I thought that was supposed to be like, like a significant number for Penn State. Are you saying something? Are you saying something about Abdul Carter? Yeah, I saw Abdul Carter talking shit on the sideline, not stepping foot on the field. Was a freshman. Why is he wearing eleven then? I don't know. It's probably it's probably not it's probably not a tradition number then in that case. I I thought it was. I thought eleven was a tradition number over there. You're over here just running your damn mouth. You're damn right I am. <laughs> um. Okay, well, I didn't watch any of the game, clearly. So, um, yeah. So that's that. But tomorrow is the big day. It's the day that a lot of people around the country have been waiting for. I know me in particular. I have definitely been waiting for it. Uh, it's very, it's very, very exciting to um, finally have college football back. That also means that the NFL is right around the fucking corner. I know. Can't wait. Um. So there's actually a lot of a lot of pretty good games going on tomorrow. Um, I know that any minute. Oh, that's today. Whoops. Georgia and Oregon play tomorrow. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm a run I'm a run so so tonight, uh your big time team that's playing tonight. Uh Michigan State plays tonight. They play Western Michigan at seven. Uh Michigan State is heading into the season as the number fifteen team in the country, so It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but tomorrow's really your big day. You're starting off start, starting off bright and early at 12 o'clock. You have three top, t- top 15 teams playing. Texas A&M plays Sam Houston. Michigan plays Colorado State. And the NC State Wolf- Wolfpack are on the road to Eastern Carolina. So, not saying that NC State's going to get upset. But I'm just saying those are those are just big time games. Um, Maryland plays Buffalo. Um, if you're interested in going, by the time you listen to this, the game will probably already be going on. But uh, tickets are as low as two dollars. No way to that game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I'd pay two dollars to go to a game. I think I would too. I'm not going to tomorrow because I'm busy. But right, right. I'm busy. right. Um. Uh, heading heading into who um. The three thirty, the three o'clock slate. Um, your Sooners play UTEP, University of Texas at El Paso. Yep, there you go. Thirty-one point favorites. That's insane. <laughs> I may fade that. They're not even. They're not even the biggest uh, spread. I know. I know. I don't know who it is, but I know there's. I know there's a spread that's bigger. Uh, somebody was at forty. 
wonder who it is. A and M, I think. Might have been. I th- I think A and M's a forty point favorite. Can you, do you want to look that up on perusing through? Um, this is another game that's going to be an absolute shit show. Uh, number sixteen, Miami is taking on Bethune Cookman College. Um, at three thirty, this is a pretty good matchup. You have Cincinnati taking on Arkansas. Those are two top twenty five teams. Uh, Houston's on the road to the University of Texas San Antonio. Um, Houston's number twenty four in the country. Ole Miss is number 21. They're playing Troy. BYU, number 25, is at South Florida. An earlier game for a Western for a Western Coast team, USC, number 14, um, Trojans, uh, with new head coach Lincoln Riley, uh, play Rice. Uh, so that'll be a shit show. This is a game I think is going to be sneaky. Uh, on a, on ESPN at seven o'clock tomorrow, Utah goes into Ben Hill Griffin in Gainesville to play the Gators. That stadium's gonna be rocking. Yeah, it is. Utah might be on upset alert. They could be. That quarterback they have there at uh at Florida, Anthony, what's his last name? Um, it's 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 like a real like common. I want to say it's like Anthony Johnson or something like that. Who do they got? But the, but the, that quarterback at at, uh, at Florida's very very good, so that'll be a that'll be an interesting game. Richardson, Anthony Richardson. Um, you have your consensus number one team in the country, Alabama. They're taking on Utah State. That'll be a shit show. Uh, but there was two games that I intentionally did not mention just because they're such big matchups. At three thirty. Playing in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, you have number 11, Oregon, jumping across the country to take on your, defen- your defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. That will be at 3.30. That will be a hell of a game. And then you have your first top, top five matchup of the season. Number two, Ohio State, is hosting number five, Notre Dame. Yeah, Ohio State's going to win that one. Oh, I think they're going to demolish them. <laughs> So Oklahoma's line has moved. It's at now at minus thirty. Oh shit! So not that bad. Michigan is a thirty and a half point favorite over Colorado mm-hmm. State. Um, let's see. USC is a thirty-two and a half point favorite over Rice. I think we'll cover that one. And Alabama is a forty-one and a half point That's favorite over Utah State. So there it is. There. They project them to win by six touchdowns. I'll take the under on that one. I'll take, I'll take Utah State plus 41 and a half. I wonder what the, what the over-under for that game is. I would take the over on that game for sure. Would you? Yeah, I don't even know what it is, but I'd, I'd probably take it. If I had to guess, I think it would be like 64 and a half. 63. I was close. I'd take it. Alabama could put up 63 alone. That's a good point. Against that steam. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Uh, heading into Sunday... Uh, Florida State and LSU will play. And then Monday will cap off your week one where number four Clemson is on the road to Georgia Tech. Um, so a lot of big time games going on this weekend for college football. It's very, very exciting. Um, I know I'm happy football is back in general. I know you're happy football is back in general. I can't wait. Yeah, so um, so yeah, things are going um, Things are trending up. Things are trending up, finally. Speaking uh, of trending... Donovan Mitchell got traded earlier this week. Oh, we're just jumping. We're just jumping sports now. We just right? gotta jump sports. We gotta do it. We gotta talk about it. 
yeah, I mean, this is really the only notable thing that has gone on here in the NBA. Um, I know it's been widely reported that Donovan Mitchell is going to be finding his way onto the Knicks. And I think that's what he wanted to do. But the Cleveland Cavaliers had other plans. Yep, Cleveland came in. They swooped him away um, from New York. Um, they gave up a pretty good haul to get him. So the Cavaliers ended up sending the Utah Jazz, uh, Laurie Markkinen, uh, their draft pick, Oche Abaje, guard Colin Sexton, three unprotected first-round picks in 2025, 27, and 29, and two pick swaps in those in-between years in 2026 and 2028 for Donovan Mitchell alone. Yeah. So Colin Sexton was a free agent, so they ended up doing a sign-in trade for him uh, in order to make that deal happen. Uh, but now with Darius Garland and uh, Donovan Mitchell, now Cleveland has one of the, not just the best, not just one of the best, but one of, well, not, not one of the, it's a very good young backcourt. That's, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. They got uh, they got Evan Mobley over there too, runner up for uh, Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. um, and they have Jarrett Allen as well. Um, they also ha- do still have Kevin Love and C.D. Osman. Um, I mean, dude, they got a pretty good squad over there. Cavaliers might be might be doing something. Only only thing only thing for the Cavaliers is they have guards, they have bigs, they have no wings. Yeah. That's the only thing that sh- that that's concerning for them is will they be able to match up defensively? Because Darius Garland's not a defensive guard. No, nope, he's he's definitely just a just a scorer. Same thing with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, he's, will he's they more be of a scorer? Will, will they be able to outscore everybody? I think so. Will they be able to out defend or out rebound everybody? I think so. But if it comes time where there's a there's a player who takes someone like Giannis, for example, yeah, he has the height and he has the speed. Guard wise, they can keep up with them. Sure. Height wise, they can defend him. Right. But they don't have somebody who can match up for him and stick with him the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, they don't. They, they really don't have a ton. Um, as far as as far as wing, like you were saying, I mean, yeah, Karis Levert, he's not too bad. Um, that's really it. Yeah, but that, but then again, I mean, I mean, they really are just a guard and forward op- guard and big oriented team. Yeah, could it work out for them? I think it could. I think I mean Cleveland's in, Cleveland's definitely in win now mode for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, with Brooklyn being such a fucking disaster, and and I th- I think they're right there on the doorstep because of course they had two All Stars last year. They just added the third. I don't know what Donovan Mitchell was, but he's an All Star potential guard for I sure. He, I think he's an All Star. I just don't know if he was an all-star last year. That's what I'm saying. He was. He, he, he may have been. I'm, I'm, I'm just forgetting. But regardless, now they have three players in that rotation that are going to be all-star in all-star conversation year in and year out. One for sure with Darius Garland. Yeah. I think Jared Allen was more of just a last-minute replacement type of thing. Yeah, I think, I think honestly at this point, all Cleveland has to worry about is Boston. So I think eventually, I think honestly, I think this year you see Milwaukee move off of Chris Middleton. I think it's just something that has to happen. Um, I'm not saying they're going to blow it up. I don't think they're going to blow it up by any means. But I think Chris Middleton's just kind of outgrowing them. Yeah, 
I think they move off of him. What they get for him, I don't know. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good question. Philly can't seem to do anything in the playoffs. Mm-mm. Not that they're a bad team. They just don't seem to do well in the playoffs. Um, Brooklyn's a fucking disaster. Yep. They like they they can't even be in the same room as each other. Mm. That's gonna be. I don't know how they're gonna share a locker room. Um. So I think I think realistically. Maybe the Heat. I don't know. Maybe he- Miami and Boston. That's that's who Cleveland's got to worry about. I would agree. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the division is for sure theirs. That's yeah. that. That's not a question. Considering the fact that the only teams they really have to compete with, I mean, Milwaukee. Yeah, as, I mean, as long as, as, long Giannis, as Giannis is there, as long as Giannis is there. But I mean, I don't think Chicago is going to replicate what they did last year. No. Indiana's still a ways off. Detroit's getting there. They're trying. They're getting they're getting a lot closer. They're trying. I will give them that. They are fucking trying. Uh Indiana's definitely the worst team in that division now. For sure. Um, yeah. Detroit's only up and up. Detroit's probably the fourth. I think Cle- I think Cleveland's probably the best team in that division now at this point. Um I'd agree. Just because I don't know what um I don't know what Milwaukee's gonna be able to do this upcoming season. I mean they're I mean, Milwaukee scored the ball a lot, but they also gave up a lot of points. On the flip side of that, Cleveland Cleveland had one of the lower point-per-game averages in the league. Yeah. They actually had the third lowest in the Eastern Conference behind Orlando and Detroit. I'm sorry, fourth. Include the Knicks there as well. So they, were, so they, they weren't scoring the ball a lot, but there was, um, there was only one team that was allowing less points per game than they were, and that was the Boston Celtics. Yeah. So they're so they're a very very good, or very very well disciplined team defensively. Uh, so that's what that's something they really have going for them. Adding Donovan Mitchell gives you more of that scoring aspect. So um, their points per game will rise. I think what they allow will also rise. Yeah, their defensive efficiency is obviously going to drop, but their offensive efficiency—I don't want to say skyrockets, but it. It, it improves. It outweighs that what the drop of the defensive efficiency oh, yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's not a that's not a question at all. They're definitely going to they're definitely going to score the ball a lot more. And Donovan Mitchell's not afraid to be a volume kind of guy. No, oh God, no. he'll shoot the ball until the lights turn out in the gym. Yep, yep, he, yeah, he sure will. And um, I mean, he he's one of those players where, like, okay, we're down big. I'm not going to stop until we claw back into this game or the game ends. Yeah, he has a competitive mentality. Yeah, yeah. Donovan Mitchell is very, very competitive. Um, Which is that, I love that for that young team. Yeah. They need that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not saying that was something that they were lacking, but then again, that's a, that's a team that hasn't had a lot of, um, haven't had a lot of success in the playoffs outside of Kevin Love. Kevin Love's kind of just there. So I think it's like a mentorship kind of role now. Yeah. But I mean, Jared Allen hasn't, didn't have a lot of success before he was traded. No. Karis LeVert didn't really have a whole lot of success before he was traded. No. Evan Mobley, of course, has never had that kind of success. Darius Garland hasn't. Nope. I mean, n- none of the guys that are on the team now have really had that sustained success, it's, except for Donovan Mitchell. So now he kind of, between him and Kevin Love, they add that, um, like, hey, I know how to handle myself. Um, he's he, he's kind of like Uncle Cracker. Follow me and everything's going to be all right. That was that was one way. I was going to compare him to Jimmy Butler down in Miami. That too. The way I kind of compared it was kind of more of like a joking, like kind right. of kind of like right. a joking joking way, but you didn't laugh at it. So whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I th- I th- I thought it was a good one. I thought it was. It great. is. It is funny. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna see how he acts, see how he carries himself, and they're and they're just gonna go along go along with him, and they're gonna have success. I don't know how much success they're going to have because Boston's still loaded, even though they just lost another Gallinari. They're still loaded. Despite what you say about Brooklyn, they still have Kevin Durant. They still have Kyrie Irving. Still have Ben Simmons too. They still have Ben Simmons. We're not. We're they not. Have ta- they have the talent. They, and they put the pieces together. That's the big thing. I mean, same thing with Philadelphia. They still have Joel Embiid. Toronto still has Pascal Siakam. They still have Scotty Barnes. They still have Fred VanVleet. So I mean, Toronto still has Toronto still has the talent. Um. And of course, Miami, Atlanta's not going to be as bad as they were. Charlotte's going to drop off without Bridges. Yeah, they're going to find that. They're going to find that new, that new rim runner, which I think they'll trade for in the offs and in, in during the regular season. I don't okay. know. Who, I don't know who that looks like, but I think they will. Yeah, who knows? And all the moves that Detroit made, they're going to be much more competitive too. Kate, they, they could be worth a damn. Kate Cunningham's going to take a step forward. Um, of course, Jaden Ivey, I think, is one of the better players, was probably the best player in the draft at, at the position where he got taken. Of course, you have Jalen Duran, Sadiq Bey, um, um, NFL fullback Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> so, so, I mean, they, they, have, they have a lot of talent there in Detroit. They're not going to be pushovers like they have been. So, the East is getting more and more competitive, but I still think with this addition, Cleveland's going to be in good shape. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna be okay. I I I don't know who won the trade. I think it's tough. Um, I think sitting sitting here staring at it on paper, without seeing them run them down the floor, it's tough to say right now. On paper, I mean, fuck, they got three unprotected first round picks, a starting quality guard in in Colin Sexton, a Baj who's gonna come off the bench and give you good good volume scoring. Who's a who's a ready player. Yeah, he's a he was he was. 23, 22, 22, 23 when he got drafted. Something like that, yeah. And marketing who's been in the, who was a lottery pick in his own right. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, it looks like Utah won the trade. But we'll see what Cleveland does with Donovan Mitchell coming onto the team. They could end up winning this trade. Yeah, even even with the trade that Utah made with for with Rudy Gobert, they're no Utah's gonna be bad. Yeah, they're probably gonna be pretty bad. Utah's not gonna be great, especially considering the fact that they're going to have to compete with in their own division. Denver, who Jamal Murray's coming back, they're going to be a lot better. So is Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. I'm 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 out on him. Well, they didn't have either one of them last year. Well, right, but but Michael Porter Jr. has had so many injuries in the past. I'm out on him personally. I think even when you play 2K, they tell you not to draft him because of injuries. They do. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but they have to deal with the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are going to be a team to watch out for because yeah. I mean, points per game wise, the Timberwolves scored the most points in the in in the league last year. And then you add somebody with the defensive presence as Rudy Gobert. Now Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have to worry about defense so much. His his offensive ability opens up. Correct. Yeah, he 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 doesn't have to, he doesn't have to worry about playing defense. Rudy Gobert will just play the defense. And with D'Lo there, good night. D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards is getting is only getting better and better as well. I can't believe I forgot about Anthony Edwards. He's he's a stud. And then somebody else that you forgot about coming back from his injury, Damian Lillard. Yeah. Portland's going to be competitive. Oklahoma City's getting there again. Chet Holm getting getting hurt hurts them a lot, but Utah Utah still still the worst team. I would agree. Yeah, I I would say easily easily the worst team in that in that division. Yeah. Maybe not as bad as Oklahoma City, but they're bad. Yeah, 
Yeah. Can we talk about something else that uh, popped off in uh, the sports media world? Sure. Russell Wilson got himself a payday. Yeah, we're just uh, see see. In all honesty, I thought we were gonna stick right with football and just go right into the NFL. I just wanted to touch on that one big thing in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm with you on it. But yeah, Russell Wilson definitely did get paid. He got that Walmart money. Yeah, he got he got that Walmart money according to uh, Marlon Humphrey. Um, that was that was funny. Well, you know why he said that, though, don't you? Yeah, because the owners of Walmart bought. The Broncos. The Broncos. Okay. Yes. I, I was I was just making sure you were connecting two and two together. No, no, I got it. Um okay. Russell Wilson got himself a five year two hundred and forty five million dollar contract with fifty million dollar signing bonus, um hundred and sixty one million dollars in guaranteed money. Um and guaranteed at signing was a hundred and twenty four million dollars. Got about an average salary of forty nine million dollars a year to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. He will become an unrestricted free agent in the year of two thousand and twenty nine at the age of forty one. We'll see if he makes it that far. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's up there in age already to begin with. Not saying that he's going to um. Yeah, not saying he's going to plummet to the drop bottom. off. Yeah, yeah, but um. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He definitely got paid. Um, Second highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I in mean, a, in annual salary. Ooh, excuse me. Bless you. That was kind of like a burp. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it was something. Um, but yeah, I think I think this deal that they just, that they just got done with him. I think that kind of helps out Lamar Jackson too. It helps out the Ravens for sure. Yeah, it it definitely does. Um, because of course Lamar wants to stay with the Ravens. And of course, his contract situation—that's been just a huge discussion over the entire off season. Yeah. So much so to the, so much so to the point that I'm 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 tired of hearing about it. But Sin. um, Sin. But yeah, it, it'll 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 definitely help getting the getting the deal done. Like, hey, look, this is what Russell Wilson just got. We can offer you something very 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 similar, um, and we'll be okay. Yeah. Just want to remind you to sign into uh, the draft here. I'm getting there, Skippy. Okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah, I think it. I think it helps. Uh, helps the Ravens a lot um, with staying away from that fully guaranteed deal. Um, I'm with you though. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of everybody trying to tell Lamar what to do. Uh, everybody in the sports media is like, Lamar, don't play without a contract. Don't play without a contract. How about you let him be himself? Right. Yeah, so um, so stop making decisions for him. Yeah, so it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that how that all plays out. Um, but I think ultimately with ultimately with that going the way that it is, I think it'll um, it'll it'll definitely help um with getting a deal done for Lamar for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what? While we're here, me and Holman signed signed into our big fantasy draft right now. Shout out to, shout out to uh, Zach Curver in the classics, commissioner, best commissioner in uh, fantasy football history. Yeah, yeah, bar, yeah. Bar none. Uh, he's got to hurry the fuck up because I don't want to wait fucking two minutes for him to pick. Um, yeah, I got to pee. He's got to hurry up. <laughs> I said it. Well, we're still in the middle of recording, dude. I know. He's still got to hurry up though. Well, very, very, very true. Like I've, I've never done a draft where where we get two minutes to pick. It's usually about a minute and a half. Mock drafts is like 45 seconds. Yeah. And that's, um, that's when you panic pick. <laughs> right, exactly. Ah. Yeah, you, you, got, you, got to, you, got to, you got to know what you're doing um, beforehand. Yeah, you got to know what you're doing before you do it. Yeah, so, um, so la- last week, me and Holman did have to run off early because we were getting ready to do a fantasy draft. We started this a little bit late. Wait. Dylan put in the chat, 
pausing draft till seven foot seven or five due to technical difficulties. Ooh. 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 Can't pause. Proceed. I didn't think you could pause. That'd be weird. Yeah. Anywho. Um. Yeah, y'all are gonna live this draft a little bit here with us. You might it might be the first two picks, which we're both drafting towards the end of the first round, so beginning of the second round. So by the time we come back around in the third round, and we might be done with the show. Yeah. So um, what team is this? Oh, this is the team that I auto drafted at the Zach Brown concert. Ah, are we going? Are we going over that one? No, I was gonna go. I was gonna go over the gonna go over the other one that we did. Okay, perfect. Um, so. So in this draft, we both got randomly assigned draft orders. I had the last pick in the, in the round, I think, and I had the first. Yeah. So, um, so the way my team looks, I got Josh Allen at quarterback. I'm pretty happy about that. Um, Alvin Kamara and Elijah Mitchell are both going to be my bell, my bell cow backs. Um, my wide receivers, I'm pretty amped up about. Um, in addition to Josh Allen, I also got Stephon Diggs. That's yeah. That's a that's a good pairing. Um. I was I was talking to my I was talking to my cousin. Shout out Tyler. Uh, he sent me he sent me like a little screenshot of what he ended up drafting in his most recent draft. He ended up getting Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow together. Okay. And I said to him, I'm like, normally I'm a little wary of that kind of stuff, but the more I think about it, yes, you're going to be down the week that they're going to have their bye weeks. But on games where Josh Allen is just absolutely slinging the ball all over the field, and one receiver is the benefactor, you're gonna. Double down on points. Yeah. Um, so my wide receivers, I ended up getting Stephon Diggs and T. Higgins. Uh, they're going to be slotted into my wide receiver slots here for week one. Tight end, I waited a little long. I got Zach Ertz, uh, which I'm not mad about. Uh, he's a guy that I do like. A lot of potential in that Arizona offense. Um, there's two flexes in this league, which is a little different um, from what I normally do or what we do. Yeah. But I got Amandra St. Brown and Michael Thomas. Um, defensive kicker aren't really are kind of irrelevant. Um, my bench I have I have uh Bateman, Rashad Penny, Cole Komet, um Isaiah Pacquio. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. I think I'm close. I think you're I think you're pretty close to it. Uh, he's the backup running back for Kansas City right now. Um, yeah. their their situation is so tumultuous that they don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Um, I got Daniel Jones. I also got George Pickens. And then a player who I I had a lot of faith for heading into the season on had something very unfortunate happen to him. Yeah, I picked Brian Robinson, the rookie running back for Washington out of Alabama. He got shot in a carjacking. He's going to be okay. Um, there is the potential he could end up playing later in the season, but it's not optimistic. I'm gonna hold on to him just because I have the open roster spot. Sure, why not? Um, but yeah, that was how uh, that was how my team ended up going. Yeah, you got a solid team over there, buddy. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. You got a solid team. Appreciate that. Um, so, once again, I had the number one pick in the draft. Um, Broncos country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. I got Russell Wilson at quarterback. That's also his team name. Yes. Yes, it is. Because I actually said that before I, I looked at Bobby. As, as, as he was drafted, he looked at me and said, Broncos country. Let's ride. And then clicked it, and then clicked it on Russell Wilson. <laughs> so, I figured it was fitting. Broncos country. Let's ride. Click. Faster um, Burrow. How funny would that be? That would be funny. Um, I I made a pick that kind of uh, kind of most people don't really agree with, but I told you guys about it. I took CMC with the number one overall pick. Got high hopes for him um, over there in Carolina with um, with a competent quarterback. I don't think they're going to be trying to run the ball nearly as much as they have in the past. Plus, they have a good handcuff for Christian McCaffrey and Chuba Hubbard, um, so they can kind of 
They can sub out McCaffrey. Wow. Cooper Cup just went number three. Yeah. Did he get auto-picked there? I wonder. That's wild. Um, no, because Dance, Dance Berger was in. Jeez. Um, so I got Christian McCaffrey number one overall. Um, I ended up getting Javante Williams as my RB2. Um, so I got uh, two big pieces of the Denver offense over there. Mm-hmm. Um, at wide receiver, I got Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown. Uh, two guys I think could have phenomenal seasons, especially A.J. Brown going with the new offense. Um, I think he's going to be... Uh, they're they're, they're going to be in a little bit more of a of a pass-heavy offense versus Tennessee in their very Derrick Henry-centered offense. Um, I have T.J. Hawkinson as my tight end. Once again, I went a little later with the tight ends. Um, that, that is t- what I tend to do is I tend to wait um, for tight ends a little bit. Um, and then in our two flex spot, my flexes are Terry McLaurin and Gabriel Davis. Um, Gabriel Davis, once again, as you mentioned, being a part of that very like pass-dominant offense that the Bills run. Why are you talking about Gabe Davis? Can I tell you a very alarming stat that I saw the other day? What is it? 75% of his catches resulted in a first down or a touchdown. That's impressive. Yeah, isn't it? Um, and then Terry McLaurin, I got good. I have uh, high hopes for him with uh, a little bit more of a Coptic quarterback over there instead of playing with um, a bag boy. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure that's what they said. I'm pretty sure they said he was like bagging groceries. Um, not Terry McLaurin, uh, the quarterback over there. I, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Heineke? Yeah, Taylor Heineke was over there fucking bagging groceries before they called him off the practice squad. Um, and then on my bench, I have Tony Pollard. Um, that's a guy I think he's going to have a really big season as kind of an RB2 on his team. Um, I think they're looking to give him a little bit more of the uh, the workload and, and try to ease off Zeke a little bit. I think they're realizing Zeke's wearing down very, very quickly. Eckler 4. Eckler 4. All right. Not mad about it. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey 5 is a steal. I like that for, for Mays. I'm not going to be... I'm not gonna lie about it. He'll screw the pooch. He'll take Justin Jefferson. I hope so. Um, I got Marquez Valdez Scantling uh, on my bench as well. I was wrong. See, um, Matt Stafford, James Cook, Pat Fryermuth, Robbie Anderson, and KJ Hamler. Um, I like the KJ Hamler pick at the end of the draft. There, he's just gonna be wide receiver three over there in Denver with Tim Patrick going down. He's a guy that can take the top off the defense. Um, mm-hmm. So all in all, man, I'm I'm very very happy with that team over there. I would be too. Uh, you know, I think I think we both drafted pretty good teams. Um, of course, I think my team is going to be better than yours, but that's just f- I think my team is going to be better than yours. Right. I mean, and that and that's that's just how everybody should should think. You should look at your team like that after every draft. Exactly. You should think every year's your year. Uh-oh, um, we're coming up on it. What are you thinking here? Pick number nine, Mixon. Mixon just went. Yeah. Wow. You got a lot of you got a lot of people on the board here. What are you thinking? Are you going RB? You going? I mean, I'm going running back for sure. Okay, so you're getting Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara because you know that Dylan's about to take Najee. There it is. That wasn't even a question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pr- so so right now. I'm definitely between Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. Um, I I really want to take Dalvin Cook because I know he's going to be more involved in the passing game this season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm right now. I'm I'm back and forth on it. Um, I think I'm gonna take Dalvin Cook here. Something still tells me to take Jamar Jamar Chase. Live your life, man. You got Some, a minute. Something is telling me to do it, but I just. <sighs> Who are you gonna take? 
Are you taking wide receiver here? Are you take Diggs? I potentially could take Diggs. I don't know. We'll see. I really don't know. It all depends on what I do. Because we can start four wide receivers in this league. I know. I know. But wide receivers so deep. I know. I'd prefer to I'd prefer to land my running backs now. I can tell you who I'm not gonna take. Mm. Leonard Fournette. I'm not either. I'm gonna go and take Dalvin. Let's go back. I like that. Yeah. Um now what are you thinking? Man. I'll be honest, Jamar Chase sitting there, six ranked player, coming to me at ten, a little bit of a steal. Yeah. But no. Alvin Kamara's sitting there. Yeah. And once again, you do have to start at least one running back. Well, so 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 this is the thing. So if you if you want to, I will say this: if you want Devontae Adams, you got to take him now. Yeah, I know because I got Timber coming up twice. Um, my thing is, is Alvin Kamara is definitely not going to make it back to me. No, but you know who will make it back to me? Um, one of those wide receivers at the top there. Um, so left on the boards: Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, C.D. Lamb is still there, and Tyree Kill is still there. Um, one of them is going to make it to me. Would you consider Would you consider taking Debo Samuel in the second round? No. Okay. I, I'm staying away. From I know. That. I know you're staying away from San Francisco's offense. The only one. I, the only one I'm realistically taking is Elijah Mitchell. I, and I'm the only. And wow. Who just went? Who did he take? Wasn't Devontae? Jamar. Wow. I'm actually not mad about that. Uh-uh. And then there goes Diggs. There goes Mark wow. Andrews. This is coming out swimmingly. Yeah, this is kind of falling exactly how I wanted to. This is. Yep. Okay, this works out a lot. Okay, so now okay, now I'm at a tougher impasse. I'm going to let you go ahead and do your thing. Once we get done with these two picks, we're going to get into a little bit of baseball talk. I love it. Ooh, this is tough. This is tough. Ding bop. Want to talk it out? I'm torn between CD and Javante. <clears throat> so you went with Alvin Kamara, yeah, sure did. So by the time you come back around, you're gonna have players along the lines of David Montgomery, Brees Hall. No, that's a little too low. Um, you're gonna have players along the lines of Saquon, Cam Akers, Aaron Jones, because you know quarterbacks are gonna go. Zeke. Those are some of the guys that are gonna be on the board for you at running back, at wide receiver. You're gonna have. Michael Pittman Jr., Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddell. So you're going to get some good, you're going to get uh, a quality player here regardless. Um, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you who to pick because of course. I okay. made my pick. Okay. That works out a lot better because I wanted Javante Williams. <laughs> That's fine. So I, 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 I wasn't going to sway you one way or another, but Javante Williams was the guy who I really wanted there. Yeah, I was torn between them. I was thinking about going two, wider, or two running backs there. Um, I really like the idea of getting um, – it's just loading up on uh, wide receivers here because it it's a partial PPR league. It's a little yeah. funky. Um, three points for every five receptions. Yeah, which which isn't too bad. Uh, it's it it does it does take a little bit getting used to, but um. But if they get nine catches, you only get three points. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. Hi, ZZ. Hi, buddy. Um, so yeah, talk, talking a little baseball here. Um, uh, big news here. Uh, for the Orioles, top prospect Gunnar Henderson. A lot of speculation, especially on this channel, as far as when he was going to be making his debut for the Orioles. 
well. He's now two games, about to play his third tonight uh, here at the big league level. He started off two days ago in Cleveland for the Orioles. Yep. Uh, homered in his second at bat in his first major league for his first major league hit, and then ended up singling later on in the in the uh, in the game as well. Last night uh, he had he had another hit. I uh, stole a base in the ninth. No, he stole a base in the ninth in the first game. Uh, had another hit last night. He did strike out to um to Shane Bieber, but Shane Bieber also struck out eleven. Yeah, he had himself a day. Yeah. So um, but yeah um. Uh, Really, really big things happening for the Orioles now, bringing up number one prospect, Gunnar Henderson. Number one hitting prospect, yeah, Gunnar Henderson. Um, for, for Orioles fans that don't know, that are listening to the, that listen to the channel, he's a guy who can really play anywhere in the infield. He's played, he played third his first game. He played short last night. He was playing second the night. Yep. He can play first. With the addition of Jesus Aguilar that we picked up off waivers. I love that pick. DeAndre Swift. By Dylan, yeah, I do like that pick though. I like that pick. Um, I was also saying I I like up the pick of the pickup of Aguilar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he gives us a little bit more depth at the fir- at first base behind Mountcastle. Um, Timber said gravy. In the chat to you and me via text message. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It took Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams. I mean, those are two good picks. I can't. I wouldn't yeah. be mad at them. Yeah, I would. I would. I would be mad either. Um. But yeah, big things now happening for the Orioles. Um, my question to you is now, with the addition of Gunner, who we'll see how we'll see how he does tonight against Oakland, playing playing second base. The defensive ability is there. Um, he looked most comfortable from short. Well, I think that's his natural position. Yeah, I mean, based on the plays that he was making last night, I mean the, that that double play he turned by himself. And yeah. then and then his sliding stop to take away a hit. I mean, he definitely looks very very comfortable at shortstop. Um, my biggest thing was he hit so well when he was in AAA, and but his his he has a tendency to strike out a, a lot. Well, after seeing him swing for the fences on that home run, I can see why. Yeah, he does have a tendency to strike out a lot, so that was a concern of mine when he finally got to the bigs. Is would he have a problem with strikeouts? Would he see a lot of breaking balls? What he see, or, or or what are people going to pitch to him? But after two games, he's got three hits. That kind of calms me down a little bit. Yeah, he has three hits as opposed to one strikeout. Granted, it's been two games. Yeah, he's had eight at bats. He's had, he's first first one first QB in the second round. In the second round. That's wow. a, that's earlier than I, that's later than I thought. Come on, man. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. I love you. You know who you are. Yeah. I won't call. I won't call you by name, but you know who you are. Does he listen to the channel? Uh, he might. I don't know. Okay. I I would hope he does. Anyway, regardless. Um. But yeah, my question for you now is, with with the addition of Gunnar Henderson, Jesus Aguilar, and of course we brought DL Hall back up. He's gonna be pitching in the bullpen. I love it too. How primed are the Orioles to make a run here in, in the last month to try and make it into the postseason? I think they're in it. I think okay. they're in it. Um, they made the call-ups at the perfect time. They, um, they called them up. They had to be on the roster, um, or they had to play in a game to be eligible for the postseason, which is why you saw Gunnar Henderson come up at that deadline there. Um, that's when I, I figured it was going to happen. We were going to take a peek and see what, you know, how the season played out. If we were in it, I think we were going to bring him up, um, which ended up being the case. 
with that being said, it adds a lot of offense to the infield, which I have said to you on multiple occasions, I think was the missing piece. Yeah. Our outfield had been producing Anthony Santander, um, Cedric Mullins, uh, Trey Mancini was when he was there. Um, Austin Hayes, he hits the when he hits the ball, he hits it a country mile um, every single time. Our all our offense was primarily coming from the outfield position. Yeah, Ryan Mountcastle went on a little stretch there where he was playing very well on offense. Same, he, same, same thing with Odor. Same thing with Mateo. Same thing with Urias. Yeah, and then Mountcastle, he kind of went through a, a bit of a slump there. The only person who's really been performing consistently in the infield is just Adley. Yes. Um, we brought up Adley. Adley's been very, very consistent for us um, from the catcher position. Um, he sucked when he first got up here. He played bad. Yeah, he, he offensively. Offense. Oh yeah, yeah. De- def- defensively and the way he calls a game from a pit- from a pitching standpoint, I already think he's a top ten catcher in the league. Yeah, it's top tier. I, I I would even go as far as saying top five. But now the way that he's calmed down, he slowed the game down. He's taken a lot. He's taken a lot more walks. He's scoring a lot of runs. Yeah, I mean his his uh his OPS is is just outrageous. Yeah, through the roof. His 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 wins above replacement is climbing, uh, and he's right there in the thick of it to actually win AL Rookie of the Year, which I think is really really cool as well. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I love I love signing him, uh, bringing up Gunner. I think it's huge huge for the program. Adds a ton of offense to the team, which I think, like I said, from the infield standpoint, which I think we were missing. Um, Odor defensively. Uh, sometimes is a little, yeah, a little yeah, questionable. He makes he has he has some fuck ups on the infield. Let's be honest. Um, but and the, offensively, so, so the thing with Rudin and Odor, he was never that defensive second baseman. He was, it was that's not what he was known yeah, for. Yeah, he was always he was always more of a uh, like um, he's like a team leader. He's a swinger. He, whether it's oh, of a baseball oh. bat or or a punch, he's a swinger. Yeah, not sexually, but I, that, that's the direction I thought you were going. <laughs> I mean, he could be. I don't know. I don't know what his preferences are. Why don't you tweet at him and ask him? I'll ask it. As <laughs> well, what do I got to lose? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely more of an offensive player in um, in comparison to being known for his glove. Yeah, and but the problem with that is it's the offensive numbers just haven't really been there. They can't like that's the thing when Odor starts hitting the ball, he's he goes on runs. They're short runs. They're short runs, and they're far, and they're far, few and far between. I will say, when he hits the ball, he usually, um, it it, it comes at a very, uh, very good time. Yeah. Um, it usually, if we're being honest, it usually comes af- up after he fucks up in the field. He's clutch. He he messes up in the field. He kind of we're like, dude, what are you doing? And then he smacks a home run, and you're like, all right, well, all right, well, yes, you, you got me. You, you're, you're all right by me. You wrote me back in. Yeah. You, you you now have my full support again. <laughs> right. Um, so I like this. Uh, Gunner's versatility in the in the infield. Him being able to play damn near anywhere anywhere in the infield. Um, and he could play first base as well. I think he was taking some reps over in AAA at first base. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I, th- I think he definitely can. I don't think he will just because we, now we have the depth at first. Yeah, now we brought but in now, Aguilar. now it's kind of one of those things where, okay, well, if we want to mess around with it, we want to start Urias, Mateo, and Odor one game. We can put Mountcastle at DH. We can put him at first, and he's going to be and 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 we'll be good to go. Yeah, and the, well, the, and that's the thing is, I, I think I think honestly, if, towards the end of the season, I think you're going to see a little bit more of uh, Urias, um, probably uh, Gunner, and then Mateo. I think um, 
Mateo and Gunner might go bounce back and forth between who's playing short, who's playing second. I think for the sake of statistics, I think Mateo probably plays more short, Gunner plays second. Because um, Mateo hasn't done anything to lose his spot as the starting shortstop. That's very true. Come next season, it may change. That, 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 that's very true. Um, I think I think overall, from a skill standpoint, at the shortstop position, I think I think Gunnar Henderson is definitely the more talented of the two. I think Mateo is like top ten in uh, he, like he has a chance to win the Gold Glove at shortstop. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, this is the thing with Mateo. I mean, his like his speed allows his range to be so broad, and that's why he's great at shortstop. Yeah, you have to have the range. Right, right, exactly. He he has the range. He has to know how he can make every throw. So it, so that definitely helps out a lot. Um, I think I think all in all, Gunner is the more. Um, is the more talented of the two, but that's just um. I I'm not going to disagree with that, but that 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 that's that's just my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. I think the Orioles are primed to get ready to make a run here. Um, you know, the Orioles, Cedric Mullins has 29 stolen bases, and Jorge Mateo has 28. They're two and three in stolen bases in the league. Oh wow, he said past him. Yeah, hmm. said so for a while the leader was Mateo. Uh, but it's, it's been Bertie for a while, Bertie, whatever it is. Well, in the, in the AL. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the AL. Um, go ahead, Nancy. He said no. I know. Um, yeah, man, I I really like it. I I like the calling up of of Gunnar Henderson. I like what mm-hmm. he adds, um, adds to the team. So I I I personally can't wait to see how the end of the season uh plays out. I think they could. We have ten games left against the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, in the season, um, uh, why did I, why did I say I joined the draft? I don't think I ever left. Mm-hmm. You did. Did I? So you did. That's weird. Um, I just lost all the picks. I did some of those. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Wow. Debo's still sitting. I know. I'm surprised. Jesus. Um, yeah, I like it. I saw yeah. something today. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Carhartt took him. It's fine. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is getting called up to Bowie. Double A ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, slowly but surely, they're working his way back up to the back up to Triple A next season. He'll yeah, be, he'll be yeah. Here. If if he didn't get hurt, it'd be a lot different. He would be up here by now. But um, but yeah, they they have they have him at Triple A right now, or have have him, have him at Bowie. Uh, he pitched pretty well in Aberdeen. He threw thirty one pitches. Uh, I didn't get an exact stat line on how he did, but apparently he did he did it he did pretty good. Another quarterback just went. Really. Yeah. What? Yeah, I mean it's uh I can't wait to see it. Um I think the big thing we have left is uh Oh, yeah. Um we got schedule predictions. Let's run through them real quick. All right, yeah. Well, we're drafting. Fuck. The Rams are going to win the division. The, the Rams win their division. I think the Chargers win theirs. And the Chargers win theirs. All right, there you go. There we go. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us here tonight, guys. Uh, we're going to go finish this draft. I still have to pee from like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, We've only gotten through two picks. I know. It's just been a fucking disaster. Um, so the next time we guys talk to you, NFL will be here. Yep. Yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have one game to go over. We can touch on a little bit more college football. I will be in my Ben Simmons year. 
that's lit. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll holler at you guys then. Y'all have a good, uh, good long weekend. Stay safe. Make good choices. And uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Yep. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. See you guys. See you.